Hello, everybody. Welcome to Between the Lines. I'm Sarah M. Eden. I'm here with Tracy Hunter Abramson, Esther Hatch, and Sean Ann Bessie. Um, I'm in charge of the episode this week. And even though it's not a game episode, I still felt like being mean to my co host. So <laughs> I come up with a potentially embarrassing idea. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get a reputation. I'm just saying. You already have one, Sarah. <laughs> oh, let's know. face it. So we all met as adults when we were much better at pretending like we have everything together. And I thought it might be fun to get to know the kid version of each other, kind of what we were like growing up. Tracy and I have discovered that we actually crossed paths more often than we thought we did when we were younger because we both were growing up in the general Phoenix area, yep. um, but we never actually met. Uh, but I thought it'd be fun to get to know each other as children. So I did warn these ladies that I was going to ask to see childhood pictures because I am a fan of childhood photos because they range from adorable to awkward too ridiculous too embarrassing so like i feel like that's a great range of emotions so <laughs> i'm aiming for um so they're going to share childhood photos it's like between the lines childhood edition here on on the podcast today if you are listening to us on a podcast platform feel free to hop over to youtube um for this uh, episode so you can see the pictures we will kind of try to explain them to you so you get an idea of what they look like but if you want to see them for real, they're on our YouTube channel. So who is brave enough to go first? Okay, I will go first. I actually found one back when I was still cute and adorable. This is of me and my little <laughs> sister, Tiffany. So I don't know if you can see. Does that work? Is there too much yeah. water? Yeah. So I'm the, I'm the older one with my cute little short pixie cut. And um, for <laughs> anyone in the Phoenix area... This is my sister, Tiffany Hunter, who is uh, on the home hunter. So that's what she looked like when she was like three. So <laughs> side story. I grew up again, grew up in the Phoenix area. Didn't obviously didn't know Tracy. Um, we used to watch the home hunter. Um, it was on Sunday mornings. It was what we would watch if we were homesick from church. So like, I know that TV show and I know her mom and her sister and we only pieced together very recently that connection. So makes me laugh all the time. It's like, I know them. They kept me company when I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> we know. All right. Uh, who's next? All right. I'll go next. Okay. Let me see if I can get this to work. Oh. Okay. There's my little picture. See, the haircut hasn't changed too much over the years. <laughs> <laughs> I have had other haircuts in between those two. But this, I was probably, oh, I don't know, three-ish in this picture. That's and for those you of you, yeah, those of you who can't see, I have a hand-knitted cardigan and a kilt on. So very, very British. <laughs> <laughs> and it's black and white. I, I am young enough that I have colored photos of me, but this is not one of them. <laughs> She's like, I swear, I am uh, not older I, they than did have color film. Yes. <laughs> All right, are you ready for mine? I I brought a few because yes. I wanted to represent both. What did you say? Adorable, awkward, and <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> embarrassing, and yeah, exactly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna represent yes. all of those. So we'll start yes. with when I was the cute, cute. There's my Aww. little kid. Aww. 
I was Aww. probably two or something there. I but don't those know. Two chubby cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> I have this one because my husband and I put it at our wedding. So there's him. Oh, cute. <laughs> oh, he has <laughs> pictures there too. But then to represent kind of what I did in my childhood, I printed these off on my computer. But I was a soccer player. And here's me <gasps> probably third or fourth grade there playing soccer. Love and I was kind it. of like a tomboy, just like always rough and tumble, except for when I was clogging. So this is in high school, but I was a clogger. So every once in a while, I do my hair fancy and put on a ton of makeup right. and, and go clog and stuff. So that's like a little oh, bit of a um, snippet of my childhood with those. So things. what led you to clogging? Um, I, I, think, I think, yeah, it's kind of a, a unique thing. That's so interesting. Uh, I think I was in third grade and one of my friends was doing it. And um, I don't think anyone in my family had done anything like dance wise. And I had two older sisters or, and I just really wanted to do it because my friend was doing it and then stayed in it from third grade until I graduated from high school. So got pretty. Wow, that's a long time. You know, so. Huh. Who knew clogging was all about peer pressure? Yeah, (laughs) that's a very interesting having something to do. Yes, no, I loved it. Yeah. Oh, that's That's fantastic. Yeah, I was on my high school badminton team for one year, and I joined because a friend was going to go try out and didn't want to try out by herself. Yeah, and I was like, I'm horrible at every sport I've ever tried, so this is going to be a very quick. You know, I'm just here to support my friend. We found out the hard way that anyone who tried out made the team (laughs) someday i'll have to share all the many many ridiculous and embarrassing stories that came out of my one year on the badminton team it was a comedy of errors (laughs) all right i printed out a photo too this one is me in. i'm trying to get it so it's not crooked me in kindergarten (laughs) wasn't i just the cutest um, this blouse I'm wearing, for those of you who are listening, I will describe it in excruciating detail. It's the most <laughs> gorgeous blouse that this kindergartner thought existed on earth. It has big <laughs> poopy sleeves, a la Anne of Green Gables, um, multicolored like plaid with a lace Peter Pan collar and a little ribbon. I thought it was the most beautiful thing that ever existed. <laughs> But you do look really movie, cute in it. It is I am cute. pretty adorable. Yeah, By yeah. second grade, the pictures were a lot less adorable. So this is what you're getting. I <laughs> should have I I should have pulled one of my school uniform pictures with me wearing a tie, and then you would have felt even cuter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's our next childhood edition episode. Is no, now we want the embarrassing pictures. <laughs> As soon as you start losing those two front teeth, that's the photo. Exactly. Like, that's the yeah. one. And they're all awkward because some of them are in, but kind of not. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right. So the next question I want to ask um, is we get asked a lot as we're growing up, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's kind of, you know, what's something you would enjoy doing with your life, which is an interesting thing to ask a five-year-old because <laughs> what do they know, right? Um, growing up, I wanted to be an architect from the time I was very, very young. I loved looking at floor plans. I loved envisioning how to put together homes and buildings and was kind of obsessed with architecture. Even as a little kid, we'd go visit places and I wanted to look at the buildings and see what they looked like. So for a long time, that's what I wanted to be. 
in the end, I majored in statistical data analysis. <laughs> just as nerdy. Um, but yeah, that dream of architecture didn't stay with me. I still love, you know, and I'm fascinated by it, but I didn't actually pursue that. So I'm wondering what is something that you, when you were growing up, wanted to be or do? Um, this is going to sound really silly, but I just wanted to be a mother. And I've thought about it afterwards. And I think it's for two reasons. One is um, my my mother was uh, was a stay at home mother. And so I saw her working at home all the time. And the other is, this is going to sound even crazier. I like tidying. I like cooking. I like I like doing all the things that mothers do. In fact, my grandmother once told me that if I had been born a few hundred years earlier, I would have been a really good scullery maid because <laughs> I'm so good at doing dishes, which, you know, given our family history, everybody is like, oh, would you love to live in the Regency era? And I'm like, no, because I would have been in the kitchen doing the dishes the whole time. <laughs> I know what my family was doing in the 19th century. <laughs> Well, yes. we discovered what your family was doing, and we don't mine talk about that. Mine were mostly criminals. So. Yes, yes. Well, mine were very, very working class. So, um, yeah. So I think growing up, I just wanted to be a mother. I, I wanted to clean house and make meals and bake and <laughs> the whole adulting not. thing I didn't want to do. But, you Caught know. all of us by surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that, Sean. Me too. <laughs> we said that the <laughs> but um, so when I was probably in high school, like probably a few years of most of my high school, I wanted to be an archaeologist. So I'm not sure where that dream started. Probably from Indiana Jones. <laughs> that's where all um, dreams start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's a good chance. I mean, I knew that wasn't a like real depiction of archaeology, but um, my dad heard that that was something I wanted to do in my junior year. I think between my sophomore and junior or junior and senior year, he had a cousin who was married to a BYU archaeology professor, and every summer they would go to Guatemala for a dig and things. And um, he asked, my dad asked his cousin if I could go and, <laughs> and they said yes. So, so that was always like a really cool thing for me that I got to kind of really see what archaeologists did as a high school student. And I did go on to major in it. I did work as an archaeologist for like six months before I had my first child. And I loved it. I loved going to school for it. I loved learning about it. I still love it. Um, but it was a tough tough career. You, you know, you travel actually a lot as an archaeologist, um, unless you're working at a university and those jobs are really hard to get. So um, yeah, it didn't really work as a career for me super conveniently, but I loved, I loved getting my degree in that. And I love that my dad saw something that I was uh, excited about and found a way for me to learn more. So that's, yeah. that's awesome. great. So for me, I could never narrow it down. So I had lots of answers. <laughs> so I was going to be an Olympic swimmer because, you know, I was a swimmer. So that's, duh, of course, you're going to make right. it to the Olympics. Everyone does. And then um, <laughs> I was going to be a horse jockey, like a race jockey, because there was a horse track down the street and I loved horses. So I'm like, that's the way I can ride horses every single day. And then, of course, I hit like 100 pounds when I was like, I don't know, 10. So that 
dream went out the window. <laughs> and then, oh, and then I was going to be a spy because somebody one time gave me this little top secret um, invitation. I was like, oh, that's so cool. I'm going to be all secrety, secretive. And, you know, so I did go to under work for the CIA. So I kind of did that. But then the other Hi. thing I actually wanted to be, but everyone told me you could never do it was to be an author. So I got a lot of my dreams in different ways, <laughs> but now I just write about everything I couldn't do in, in real life. <laughs> so people don't realize that's all being an author is, is <laughs> writing about your dashed hopes. <laughs> <laughs> Tall, dark and handsome man. And right. <laughs> <laughs> that dream archeology span university job. <laughs> oh, man. So um, we know kind of what you guys, thought about being when you grew up but what was um maybe when you were younger like a favorite subject in school mm, well this probably isn't going to be a big surprise for anyone but uh, mine was English when I was little I really loved art um but as I got older I loved English and going to school in Britain um we did a lot of writing every subject I actually didn't mm -hmm. take a multiple choice exam until I took the ACT and went to BYU um, every exam I took was write out and um, the O-levels and A-level system that they have there requires you to write 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 and um, we did a lot of literature and we studied it in depth and memorized a lot of poetry and a lot of Shakespeare and uh, I don't know I just really I loved it oh. That's awesome. I don't think it'll be a huge surprise to people <laughs> that from the time I was young, one of my absolute favorite uh, courses was social studies and history. I loved that. Looking back, I, I shouldn't be as surprised as I am that I lean so much into historical fiction because I've always loved learning about history and cultures and people. Mm -hmm. That was absolutely one of my favorites. And I was one of those weird kids that just liked everything. So, but I think if I had to put, say a favorite back when, back when I was a kid, I probably would have said math because it's like, there is a specific question and you can figure it out and you know, if you got the answer right. And it's like, there just wasn't, you know, with English and, and history, I, sometimes I didn't like the fact that somebody would say that my answer was wrong. And I'm like, but it makes sense to me. Yeah. So, anyway, so that's why I lean toward math. I was definitely a science lover. I loved all my science classes. Mm -hmm. Geology, maybe not quite so much. So more of the life sciences. Um, and I loved, uh, I did love math mostly because I had a mom who was a college math professor. And so like, I always did really well in math because I would have her come teach me everything when I got home. Live in so tutor, I, yeah. Yes, yes. So that was, that was nice. Um, I did love my English classes, but only the ones where the focus was reading and not writing, which the funny thing is we kind of like um, pre-prepped some of these questions. And I wrote that down without even thinking about the how ironic it is. <laughs> I was like, English, but not yeah. writing. And then Nothing I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> Somebody's made a made a mistake oh, here, but that's right. yeah. So who knew this episode true. would cause existential crises? <laughs> I know right? every single <laughs> one of us. <laughs> oh man. Okay, mm -hmm. final question. The pressure's on with this one. Um, just like I enjoy that childhood photos are often funny or entertaining or embarrassing or adorable, I would love to hear a story from your childhood that is 
funny or embarrassing or adorable um, because I, I, I am willing to torture myself as well. <laughs> I will go first. Um, in my book, uh, The Best Intentions, it is dedicated to, and I quote, that one time in second grade when the playground game I invented, We're All Birds, resulted <laughs> in damage to multiple trees and Mrs. Sutliff, while acknowledging I had the best intentions, still banned the game for eternity in the name of Aboriel preservation. I invented a game called We're All Birds and everyone had a different tree that they were living in and we'd hang from the branches and and once in a while, one of the birds would have to fly to the next tree off our arms. Someone was assigned to be the evil bird of prey and would chase them until they ran and jumped into the next tree. This was in Phoenix where trees are fragile. <laughs> they don't actually belong there. We caused so much damage. Our second grade teacher had to ban the game. So that's my claim to fame. A game that had to be stopped because it was too violent. <laughs> I, like, how creative was that, though? I mean, yeah. Oh the best intentions. I love it. Yeah. I'm actually crying. <laughs> this, is, this is how you know Sarah as a child. That was me. I had a lot of great ideas that often got me in trouble. <laughs> they got banned for life. Yes, exactly. You knew I was such a rebel. <laughs> We already knew that part. This is part of the torture your co-host episodes. That's right. Um, so, so the the story that comes to mind that I, it's as much memory as it is like it's been told so many times that it's actually really solidified in my in the memory of a three year old. Um, but it's actually one of my first memories is I had my grandparents had a pony, <clears throat> and I apparently I don't remember this part. I remember everything that happened after I apparently had gotten in somehow had gotten into the shed and found the lead rope. And I had taken the lead rope and I was, and this is the part I do remember. I was like heading up and I was like, you go through two gates and then you get to the pony. That's so I'm opening the gate. Cause it's just like one of those little latch things. And my grandfather comes out and my father, and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to go ride the pony. Cause they wouldn't let me cause I was too little. And so my dad turns to my grandfather and it's like, you better let her ride the pony because otherwise she's going to do it without us. So that's when I started writing at three years old. I might have, I think it was actually a little younger than three, but it was like, they let me start riding, a, riding horses because they're like, she's going to do it whether we let her or not. So we need to just go ahead and teach her how to do this safely because otherwise we're, we're doing so. So that was my, so She's funny. a little stubborn child, and we better just give her what she wants. I was say, Tracy, that tracks really well. Yeah, yeah, no, seriously. These are both of them are both of them are very, very different personalities. And I think the story I'm going to tell is also because here we've got the creative genius and the stubborn child, and here I will be the one full of fear because. <laughs> Um, I was young too. I was probably maybe about five. And um, my family arrived home and my parents realized that they had locked themselves out of the house. And it was evening, so it was dark. So my father walked the perimeter of the house and realized that the only window 
that was open was the one to the downstairs bathroom. And it was one of these little casement windows that just goes like this. But the bathroom window was A, really small, and B, immediately above the toilet. And so they decided the only person who could get through the window was me, because I was the only one small enough and I was old enough to unlock the door afterwards. And I genuinely thought that I was going to drown because I thought my father was going to drop me into the toilet through the window. And I just remember sobbing, like, why do you want to drop me into the toilet? <laughs> anyway, he did it. He opened it as much as he could, and I slid through the window onto the toilet, somehow avoided the water in the bowl, and managed to get the door open. But I, to this day, when I think I about that, tissue. I am just, you know, most people have fears of heights and fears of bears i have a feel of fear of falling in the toilet (laughs) one of our out of context quotes for sean is i just don't get the same satisfaction out of writing books as i do from cleaning the toilets and now i'm understanding why she's obsessed with very clean toilets (laughs) well it must be it must be hereditary because i remember flying to britain with one of my children when they were very, very little, and she was petrified of the toilets in the airplane. You know, the ones that just... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so oh, it's man. obviously like a family phobia. You passed it on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried that we're reading into these stories because I'm not sure what my... <laughs> You're like, oh, man. <laughs> Come on, Mr. All right. Sure. Now I'm excited. I'm concerned about this. So this is a high school story. Um, I had two friends that were just quirky and fun, um, Rachel and Amaris. And one day they found an uh, like a partially used stretchy plastic tablecloth roll, you know, like what you would put to like cover something that um, then you just throw it away when you're done, you know, like for right. events or things. So they found one in the school somewhere, one of those tall uh, spools, I would say, <laughs> of this of this um, tablecloth. And, you know, we were dumb and it was right after lunch and we decided like, well, what can we do with this? It was in their locker. They pulled it out and I was like, you know, wrap me up in it. So, <laughs> so they just wrapped that around and I was like a cocoon, like, like just wrapped up in this tablecloth and couldn't, couldn't use my arms. So I had to hop everywhere. And and instead of, you know, being realistic and taking it off when the lunch period ended, I proceeded to go to all <laughs> of my classes <laughs> in this cocoon. And it might tell you about the level of education I received, but no teacher made me get out of it. And when anybody asked, I would say that I was doing a science experiment on like metamorphosis and it's butterflies. <laughs> it's for science. <laughs> and I'm sure you believe to me, but... It's funny because my husband and I knew each other in high school and he has memories of me hopping around in my tablecloth cocoon um, in school that day. So I don't remember seeing him that day because I saw a lot of people, I mean, like walking through the halls, like I had to have friends take me to my classes because I couldn't move very well. (laughs) I fell down at one point and couldn't get up very easily. (laughs) I I turned that on and it was very hot and sweaty by the end of the day, but. 
It was kind of a funky thing, but I don't know what that says about me. I don't know. Like I'm gullible. I will do like people want to do something weird. I'll be like, you do hard things. You do hard things. It's your sense of fun. It's just saying you have a great sense of fun. Yeah. Well, and I feel like your books have a lot of people getting themselves into humorously awkward awkward situations. (laughs) Someone's just going, this could be in one of your books. Like this is totally you. (laughs) this this has been fun I wasn't sure how um much you guys would be willing to share so now that I know I can talk you into it I think we should do this again so that gives me um something to toss out to our listeners if we were to do another looking back on our lives before between the lines what are some of the things you'd enjoy hearing about? More childhood stories, more pictures, uh, how we met our husbands, anything. Let us know in the comments. If you're watching this on YouTube or over on social media, let us know in the comments on this episode what you might enjoy hearing about in the future. And if you are watching us on YouTube, uh, go ahead and like and subscribe to our channel. And uh, thank you so much for joining us here on Between the Lines. And we will see you next time. 